Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Happy Thanksgiving from the Short Coat Podcast. I'm Dave Etler, and as this show comes out, it's Thanksgiving Day. It was well planned by me. Bravo. <laughs> Good work. Uh, a time for food, a time for friends and family, for giving thanks. The casual racist Uncle George couldn't make it to the Thanksgiving table this year. Alternatively, gritting your teeth, because once again, Uncle George is making everybody uncomfortable. Is that uh, something you guys are looking forward to? Do you... Do do you have awkward family Thanksgivings, or is it all cool? So, you know, my family is <laughs> actually all pretty united in their in their views. In their racism? <laughs> in whatever they choose to ascribe to. All right. There's no real outliers, yeah. <laughs> I should introduce you. Uh, we have today with us Dylan Todd. Hi there. Uh, Mark Terrell. Hey. John Pianta. Yellow. And new co-host, Jay Bloom. Hello. Uh, so, yeah. You'll, you'll sit, all sit around the table and agree with each other, Mark? Well, uh, honestly, it's mostly me and my siblings that are probably the biggest divergers like, in political views. Oh, okay. And we're fairly reasonable people, so right. I think everything gets along. I, f- I feel like this holiday fighting is only for families that don't see each other very often. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you never um, combed your hair for an entire year, and then you were... <laughs> gonna comb it one day it would be kind of ugly right? oh i see <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a great analogy. yeah new and dylan dylan knows this by experience oh i'm just good. excited to go see my in-laws because that way i can just sit on the couch and just watch whatever happens yeah, so, yeah. i can just yeah, yeah watch yeah. the fireworks exactly go yeah i don't have to take part i can just watch i have, need a lot of delicious food exactly. i get very yeah, uncomfortable perfect. with confrontation and argument but we don't do that in, in okay. my family either. we're 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 all pretty we're probably on the same level, pretty much. I want to start some well, fights with you, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> now well, you told me this. Because I'll be like, you should comb his hair. You win. <laughs> you win, Dylan. So, so, but this is, this is a, you know, this is a good time to practice violence, right? Because <laughs> nothing, nothing will de-escalate a situation better than crushing the thing that is making you uncomfortable, right? Oh, uh... Violence is, is the answer. Viol- right? I, I would say no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I would like to be there at your Thanksgiving. Like, do you have like gladiator style family Well, they killed a turkey themselves in the backyard. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, there's got to be a ritual bloodletting. So. <laughs> at least a little bit, like one cup. I bet if you go back Two far cups. enough, that's what Thanksgiving's all about, right? I mean, if you go back far enough in history, at some point it was about, you know, like the first thing, everybody, you know, the first Thanksgiving, the, 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 Puritans and the Indians got together and mm-hmm. you know had some food together as according mm-hmm. to the legend but it's got to go back further than that to a to a time when there was you know s- ritual sacrifice right? I actually think that the <laughs> that the, Maybe. the the Indians provided all the food they're like yeah we've been here for a long time like we 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 got this we got some we don't want to <laughs> see you starve this yeah, winter you know, that's so <laughs> like the way it's been portrayed is like oh yeah it's like a coming together of two cultures no they were all <laughs> yeah, the all i all i remember now is like the middle school explanation of thanksgiving yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah you put on the play and everyone was friends <laughs> i don't really know what happened <laughs> that was our middle school explanation was that the settlers were starving <laughs> or like yeah. oh, oh wow yeah so iowa middle props to iowa medical wow. school middle middle schools Medical schools, mm-hmm. middle Shout schools out. where they teach the the something of the truth. Audubon, Iowa, way to go! Yeah, education's always been a strong, a strong Iowa tradition. Not anymore. <laughs> it's gone now. We're we're working really hard to reverse that. Yeah, we don't want that to go too far. Uh, you first years, uh, uh, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like. Uh... Sorry, I was having a moment there. You first year, <laughs> you first years, Jay and M2s as well. Get the whole week off, don't you? It's pretty great. Uh, I don't get mm. the whole week off. Neither do I. Well, you're 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 all science and up. Yeah, nothing. You're, makes you're in sense the lab anymore. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'll be here next week up until Thanksgiving. I'm I'm just laughing here in the corner. You I have got, you. Yeah, I looked up John your is on vacation before the show. I looked up John's schedule because I can lack thereof. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got nine weeks off. John's, That's glorious. I'm in. John's chilling. 
Um, well, look, I'm glad you're all here. I'm thankful you're all here. And um, on our last show, we did our best to analyze what happened during the election and tried to sort of parse out what uh, the voters were thinking uh, when they cast their votes. Because uh, uh, as you might remember, we were sort of glum last week or feeling some shock or we were all feeling things, basically. Uh, but we wanted to be sure to ask our listeners what they thought. And uh, they, of course, responded. Here's listener Kayla. Hi, this is Kayla, and I'm a pre-med student from Missouri that listens to your podcast every week. Um, I just wanted to say thanks for doing the podcast after the election. Um, my initial thought was like, oh, geez, I don't want to listen to this. I'm so sick and tired of all this political talk. But I think you guys brought up some really good points that I, I just really... And she got cut off. That so was a, thanks. That was a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like she was going somewhere there, you know, feeling like she was going to go somewhere special. Yeah, she was. Way, way to quit the, quit while you're ahead, Dave. I, I tried to, uh, yeah, I tried to get back in touch with Kayla to ask her to, to, uh, to finish her thought, but uh, she wasn't available, I guess. So. She's just an idea now. Yeah. This can be, she's just an ideal now i mean we what? can really push this we can read whatever we want she can no she can be like a recurring theme on the podcast now. she like always gets cut off at an opportune time <laughs> <laughs> like no we could bring her back it'll as be a, all the way through we could bring her back as a regular contributor all I right think. i like it um but Kayla, if you have any if i mean we can we can make stuff up for I sure think she should keep calling in but if the you suspense keep... should build up even higher yes. each time <laughs> <laughs> and get cut off all this I bear my idea. treasure in the yeah. they're like man Kayla <laughs> Kayla I wish to god you will do that <laughs> oh. so but this does bring up one thing you know talking about all of this difficulty you know and you, you, everyone knows hopefully everyone knows at least a couple people who have um, political views that are different from them. I think I think it's worth talking about how to talk to people. Sure, because no one no one ever really I think no one ever really teaches this. So one of the things that I think is really well put, and I can't remember I can't remember who said the quote exactly, but before you ever try to make a point arguing against someone, before you try to make a, a, a contrary point, you should be able to summarize their argument so well they would go thank you i couldn't have put it that way myself so start with listening and and sometimes you know when you get angry or frustrated with something that you hear someone say you know that anger is coming from you that frustration is coming from you that is coming from your thoughts about their words maybe they don't actually think what you think they're yeah i know that was just doomed to fail that's um and so, you know, use phrases like, help me understand why blank. Help me get there. Yeah, you just have to be careful that you don't, I mean, it's a fine line, right? That you don't sound condescending when you, when you approach someone. So you just have to make it, I mean, it's hard. Help me understand your moronic viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want that to wouldn't start work very it that well. way. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, uh, if you if you think of it from that perspective, um, it will push you to think about how to talk with people in that way. And I think if you, you, you know, if you want to get anything done, you have to be able to talk with people who disagree with you. Right. I, I just assume the identity of the person I'm talking to and then <laughs> just start, just go from there. Assuming you know? control. <laughs> Like uh, explain. Well, I, so you just you just pretend like you have the same views as who you're talking to, and then people love talking to to like-minded people, mm-hmm. so they'll tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great point. Because... But, it, but it only works if like they like you don't know each other very well, because then and then they're like, wait, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> but, but right, no, a, a good tip to talk something you've learned from long experience. Yeah. Well, a good tip to to talking to people is like you always hear the golden rule like treat someone like you want to be treated but really it's probably better to treat someone like they want to be treated mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you think about it that way uh it, it can help a lot having like rational conversations with people 
So then when you assume the identity of the person you're talking to. It's such an if, odd way to put that. Yeah, though. that was, <laughs> I liked it though. That was, so then do you like spring your own identity then once you've got them off guard? No, no, no. Or do you just listen the whole time and then come back to it later? Uh, you I just, don't think you, he was. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just talk to him. You just want to, you just want to talk. I don't think he was, I don't think you he don't was wanna, saying like, this. You don't want to rip off your mask at the end and be like, surprise. <laughs> you know, like, I got the, you and it was all on camera. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, good. Another listener uh, who wanted to remain anonymous wrote into the shortcoats at gmail.com and had this to say After listening to your most recent episode, I knew I had to respond, even if it was just to get my own thoughts out. I recently witnessed my fellow MS1, who is black, be told that it's open season on your kind after the election. With an incidents like this on the rise, here are my thoughts on the latest podcast. In response to the move on discussion, I think it's important to keep some perspective. Move on means accept the results, not in a he won sense, but in an acceptance of what he represents. Move on means we normalize what we witnessed over the last 18 months. Move on means we accept that misogyny, xenophobia, racism, and hate have a place in normal society. While people have many different reasons for voting for Trump, and many may not agree with most of what he says, you simply cannot uncouple your vote from what he stands for. Thank you for, uh, for writing in. Appreciate that. That's good. That's very articulate. Part of what they said, I have a hard time with, and I think it's the um, normalize what we've seen. You know, xenophobia, racism, misogyny have a place in a normal society. Uh, but do they have this place? That's what I want to know. Like, so wait, I don't. I don't. Before you continue, do you do you think that he's like seriously advocating that that be a normal place in society? You don't think that. No, no, he's saying that that's what he's 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 saying that the results of the rep the election represent that. Right, right. That's okay. I just want to make sure I right got that. Is assumption that how you're right. interpreting that? Yeah, I. Well, I guess I I'm just confused about what that means, and that's fine. I don't worry about it. I think it. so. I also kind of take issue with that because I think it's less that people are like accepting that. Like that kind of makes it sound like, hey, moving forward, this is the direction that we're gonna go like forever. But it's more. Mm. I think it's it's a healthier way to look at it is that stuff is here. It's in this country. People hold those beliefs already and it's a reality that needs to be addressed rather than than some trend that's happening. Well, know? I think when he says normalize what we witnessed over the past 18 months, that sort of indicates well, think, that he's not he's not really interested in normalizing that that stuff. It means that he that when somebody says move on, what they really mean is you know, this is how we are now. We're a bunch of, we're, you know, racism is okay. Misogyny is okay. Um, well, what when that's want? clearly not true. I, I mean, I'm going right. to choose to interpret this person's statement as being like, you know, that sucks that we have to. I mean, I think he has a valid point under that interpretation. But when wait, wait, hang on, Kayla's calling. I think uh, Kayla's oh, is that, probably. Is that Kayla? Yeah, is she sure. going to cut off again? No, I'm sure. <laughs> Just, oh, she hung up. All right, anyway. Yeah. Cut off again. Yeah, Kayla. I think when you have scary things in your life, like uh, like spiders, you have people have different ways of dealing with them. So, <laughs> like something that my uh, family does is we name them, and it makes them less scary. Specifically, spiders or these things, or negative oh, things. Okay. <laughs> so, like you know, you talk about it, and it like like okay, like Betty's there. Betty's huge, but like. I named her like we we gotta we gotta handle on the situation. Totally or you can this. like you can like uh, the other strategy is you like hide it like you like throw a pillow over pillow it, and then it's like okay well I don't know where it is so I'm not scared of it anymore. You Name, should, the, names the, have power, right? So those are like kind Old of Martin. those are ways of dealing with um, a negative thing. But like probably the best thing to do is to just get rid of the spider right <laughs> like to relocate it to a safer home yeah maybe an but, island somewhere but that involved but that involves you like con, you know confronting it and so like you know you're a non-confrontational person just like i am so i'm getting better <laughs> yeah look at that <laughs> calling him out yeah. asshole <laughs> easy there so i i, I think this whole situ situation it, it gives you kind of um little more motivation to when you when you see something ugly maybe deal with it this time instead of just mm -hmm. being complacent I, don't All know. Right. I like the naming 
Uh, you know, that's a, that's an ancient that's an ancient folk way of dealing with. Yeah, you, you know, name- if you see a ghost or something, you say, "Who are you? What do you want?" And then they can say, "Oh." You know, I'm here to take your soul or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. But at least you know where they stand. But that's a soul snatching <laughs> thing. Right. But then you know that the person who took your soul is named Carl. Yeah. And that is infinitely better than uh, not knowing that their name was Carl. So, I, yeah. So, in some ways, you know, xenophobia and misogyny and racism have, have been a part of our society for a long time. And so you shouldn't treat it like. I mean, I'm, forever, actually. It's something forever, we've been yeah, dealing right. with since the inception. Yeah, right? well, that's what I meant by mm-hmm. long time. Right, right. <laughs> the longest so, of long times. So, yeah, I, I don't want people to think that, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm dealing with this Trump thing, but uh, I but you're really not getting at the root of the problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, uh, thank you for calling, writing, recording your thoughts. If you have something to say, you can get in touch with us by... Visiting theshortcoat.com slash tell us where you, where you will find a plethora of channels by which you can supply us with your thoughts. Also, uh, on the Facebook page, I have begun asking you to record your thoughts on a topic of the week. So follow us there for a weekly thought-provoking question or, more likely, a trite and banal question that I made up at the last minute. <laughs> Oh. Uh, I recently received a couple of <laughs> responses to a question I asked. Uh, what would you do if you could stop time such that you had one extra day that no one could mess with? And we'll mm. play those for you later on the show. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. Like, let's keep a little suspense there. Yeah. A little, yeah, that's good. A little, that's little the theme steam of the day, for isn't the, it? Yeah. Steam for the end of the show. <laughs> I got the idea from Kayla. Mm. <laughs> So uh, basically what you're saying is you're going to cut it off at the end. Yes. <laughs> no, no theme music at the end. <laughs> It'll be every Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, a couple of shows ago, we talked disparagingly about the DIY braces movement that you can witness on YouTube, if that's what you're into. Oh, I haven't heard about this. Yeah. What is this? DIY braces. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, as we said, uh, orthodontia is expensive. Um, some teenagers have decided that the best thing to do is to wrap their teeth in rubber bands. So DIY do it yourself. Yes. Wow. And uh, cheap hair bands that they get from Walmart uh, to perform DIY orthodontia. But the Associated Press, and, and you know, we weren't too supportive of this idea, as you might imagine. Yeah. It seems like a just generally unwise thing. But, mm-hmm. uh, but the Associated Press this week has a story about a device that would let a woman, would let women... <laughs> Just one woman. (laughs) About a device that would let women do a portion of their breast reconstruction at home. Uh, The first part of uh, reconstruction typically involves uh, placing under the skin a tissue expander, right? Basically to... uh, It's basically a pouch that is inflated with saline periodically to stretch the skin and muscle to prepare them for reconstruction. And every week or so, you know, you get that injection. This can be painful because they basically try to fill it up as much as they can until you are Mm. in pain, basically. So this new device allows women to more gradually inflate the pouch with a remote control, and they can do it up to three times a day. I think there are limits built in, you know, so you don't have a blowout or something. Um, The device is... Well, I don't know. (laughs) I'm assuming that, I'm assuming that, you know, like... You gotta be careful here. You don't want to gotta give them, be an upper limit, right? I, right. I mean, like, what if you like, you know, like I like sit on my car keys every once in a while, and uh, the alarm goes off in the car outside. <laughs> yeah, you sometimes know. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna so you, I mean, something could happen. The device called Aeroform uh, allowed women to finish tissue expansion in half the time, and there was no difference in the side effects for the 150 women who participated in the admittedly company-sponsored study. Uh, mm. To me, the most interesting thing about this is that the issue here is control. Love it. So I was in the, the pediatric scoliosis. It's like the scoliosis clinic. Where mostly you see children. Um, and they have this thing. It's called the magic rod. And it's an acronym, so it's spelled funny. But um, it allows you... It's like a magnetic rod you implant parallel to the spine. Mm-hmm. And they every couple of months or something they come in and they hold this like wand over it and it makes you taller it makes you like a couple millimeters taller each time Ooh. and so they they're they're called growing rods and that what they 
used to be i mean they used to have to basically do a new surgery every time oh so that you could get taller yeah um and maintain a straight spine so but, so i'm trying to figure out how this works maybe it's not necessary but so they the the portions of the rod are magnetized you hold up this this device to the outside of the body and that increases the length of the rod somehow yeah they're telescoping and it, and it fixes why, why in that new someone, position yep why is someone getting this done so they're if they have a uh, angle i think of greater oh. than 45 degrees or something in their in their spine so That's is cool. it is it actually making them taller or is it oh, allowing yeah. it to grow and accommodate? No, it actually makes them ah. physically taller because the rod is anchor anchored at the bottom and at the top, and then it you know it has a couple of anchor points that are screwed into the vertebrae, and then when they pass that wand and they hold it, it like makes them grow hmm. by that hmm. amount that's programmed in, and it's set you know there are limits set. To how much you can add. So, at a time. but this is a self-administered thing. No, okay. no, no, no. You come into the doctor's office to get it done. But it turns out that this kind of approach is really awesome because, um, so the, the we were talking about costs with them um, and uh, uh, with the reps and then with the uh, Dr. Weinstein, who's like, like the scoliosis guy, like probably the biggest name in scoliosis surgery um, in the world, and he. Um, was talking about so the previous rods that went in were like 600 bucks and these are like 20,000 a piece mm -hmm. but it turns out that after the number of surgeries and each one of these think about it each one of these is a spine surgery yeah the probability that you will have a major complication is one <laughs> as in it's only a matter of time before you had a major complication mm. at 100% of patients had a major medical complication like requiring you know, IV antibiotics for a very long time, things like that. Some and so vision they, or, they most yeah. certainly pay for themselves and hmm. many, many, many times over because you don't have to open them back up again. Yeah, surgery is expensive. So if you think about it, you know, there may be there may be equivalent things like that with this um, whatever aeroform or whatever you called it um, uh, system where, you, you know, you don't have to be poked with a needle each time or, you know, et cetera. Yeah, I like the the bit about how it brings control back to the patient, um, which is not something that's very common in, in medicine. I mean, there are <clears throat> some ways that control is is able to be given to the patient, but it would seem to me like that would be, you know, there's probably a lot of different areas where someday we'll be able to give back some control. And in control, in somebody who's, whose body, I would imagine that in somebody who's, I know, in somebody whose body has betrayed them, that getting control back mm -hmm. in some way of the process of recovery has got to be like super helpful has this uh did you come across any criticism of this any negative well i mean it's first of all the the i mean the, the obvious thing is that the Risk, it's, this is a yeah. company sponsored study so right. not really sure about the results mm -hmm. um and the other thing is they did have some device failures in this you know new device but I'm assuming that those can be addressed in future versions. I think mm -hmm. they said that it w they did fix it during. Yeah. The, what didn't they? Oh, they uh, did they? I, I think they part. did. Yeah. So, um, I didn't read any criticism of the idea itself, but uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's one a cool. would be risk. Like yeah. If they did it wrong due to a lack of expertise. Right. If it's oh, and, and what's it? Well, what's interesting is that they, the the article says there was no there was no need for training. I mean, mm -hmm. they've taken out. Right. Some of that, I'm assuming, by you know electronic control, you know you can't basically screw it up. Um, so, totally interesting. I feel like if there's a way to give more control back to patients, that would be pretty, pretty useful thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like super control, you know. Like obviously, there's. I don't need be... to do the surgery. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's there's only so far you can go with that. But even giving back a little control is cool. I agree. Last week, marked the quiet passing of a man Harper's magazine called the radioactive boy scout. Oh yeah. David Hahn uh, was famous for trying to build a breeder nuclear reactor in his backyard in the 1980s as a teenager. Uh, he died almost unnoticed by the press this week of an undisclosed cause at the age of 39. I think we might be able to make a reasonable <laughs> guess 
as to the it cause. Also, it almost makes it sadder when you say undisclosed cause. Yeah. You know, because yeah. everyone knows. I chose that word carefully. I wanted to pluck at your heartstrings. Mm, uh, but his he's got it's such an amazing story. I went back and I'd, I'd read this article before from Harper's Magazine. Um, and I keep thinking, you know, like that it's sort maybe there is something that med students and pre-meds can relate to if nothing other than for his determination <laughs> to basically create a working nuclear reactor in his house when nobody wants him to do that it almost reminds me of like a like a um a superhero origin story or something you know? right <laughs> undisclosed like, yeah that's the, it it seems like it contains somewhere similar ingredients you know like you have like this early childhood experience slash obsession and then something goes wrong and then you're transformed like there's just so many maybe it's maybe his maybe maybe he faked his death i mean that's my next question (laughs) if a superhero arises in the next week or so (laughs) yeah it's gonna be awfully suspicious Mm -hmm. speaking about this guy's determination i've he just seemed to have because he got um after his improvised lab got busted by what was it the epa yeah well yeah. the yeah mm-hmm. um then he got arrested then 10 years later for doing stealing smoke detectors for another round of experiments <laughs> pretty much the same like, thing he stole yeah. them he stole stealing smoke, de- smoke detectors so there's a little chunk <laughs> yeah. of americium in oh, every wow. smoke detector apparently that helps uh, detect the smoke and uh wow, that's really well said and you know, so his original idea was to, you know, back when he was a teenager, was to collect smoke detectors, get them in any way he could, because it, to pluck out the little, the little chunk of, of radioactive goodness and use it for his experiments. It didn't work out. Um, it was pretty hard to get enough, I guess, to, uh, to do anything with. Mm. But then, yeah, as you say, in 2007, mm. he was busted again for uh, removing all the smoke detectors from his apartment building. <laughs> and and trying to use it so i'm I'm, there might be a little pathology involved i don't know his mugshot right yeah was pretty scary looking that was amazing there it looks like radiation poisoning yeah he's definitely got sores on his face he's definitely he possesses a or possessed a level of determination that i don't think i come close to yeah well he grew up in an era when chemistry sets were popular despite some pretty obvious dangers uh but you know back then you could get a chemistry set and do pretty much whatever you want with it now i don't think you can buy a chemistry set per se how old was he, you said? 41? He was in his teens. Well, oh. he, when he died, he yeah. was 39. Oh, okay. But he was in his teens when he was doing this. Did he ever get a job? Uh, I think he was... I think his parents, according to... If I remember correctly from the Harper's article, his parents made him go into the military. Hmm. Uh, so he was a sailor for a time. Ooh, he wanted to work on, like, the nuclear submarine. He did. In fact, he did work on a nuclear vessel of some type. But they wouldn't let him anywhere near the reactors. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think you you probably burned that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> like long ago when you got yeah. busted for you yeah. know stealing smoke detectors or or, <laughs> or just the one in the back you know stockpiling the goods for I I don't know I mean I haven't looked at the like decay chain but I feel like americium is not going to be able to make a reactor well i mean he was he was young there's there was information out there but if you think about it like if you think about the information we have now compared to the information we had in the in the 80s uh available to us every day i mean this guy this guy got his materials by like calling people and uh you know basically convincing them social engineering them into providing (laughs) him with nuclear materials to play with and uh you know he wanted to do something and so he damn well did it even though you know nobody wants that is there any description of like his own words like why he did this yeah i'm gonna have to refer you though to the harper's article they did did, for that article they did uh speak with him okay but basically he just wanted to he I don't know whether this was a after the fact justification or whatever, but he really wanted to make a contribution to um, energy security. I don't know that they uh, called he, it back then, but I think basically he just wanted to play with radiation, but he went the wrong way. He should have gone for thorium. Guys, <laughs> he should have gone for thorium. John can talk to us all about thorium. <laughs> I believe that was I believe that was a later strategy. 
uh, was the, part of his later strategy. He should have just been a poster boy for thorium. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's how you solve it. That's how you solve all the climate change. Thorium reactors. Okay. Look it up. Look it up. Because you don't want to hear me rant. It about is very it. interesting. Thor, the, well. It is very interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'll post the link on the site to the Harper's article. You can totally, it's a, it's a great read. Um, and, uh, probably would have been interesting to talk to David about his life. Last week, I asked a larger group of podcasters, our larger group of podcasters, not these guys sitting here in this room, but our larger group of podcasters. (laughs) Were there more or were they physically larger? They were physically larger. Oh. Uh, to think about the following (laughs) idea. Really? Yes. No. Now I'm confused. Okay. No. There were just the, the large group that I email every week asking to be on the show. Mm. I asked them to consider what they would do if they could stop time such that they got an extra day every week to do with as they pleased and that no one could mess with. Uh, here's Cole Cheney, who uh, contacted us from the interview trail. He's literally driving around the country trying to find a job. Hi, Dave and Shortcode Podcasters. This is Cole on the road. I'm headed south from Minneapolis. Um, I'm headed to Chicago. It's about a six hour, seven hour drive and I left pretty late, so I'll get in pretty late. Um, I saw today's question was, what would you do if you could stop time for you and not everyone else such that you had an extra day each week? I think I'd probably do one of two different things. The first thought is I would add a skill. So I would make that day, I'm not sure what that day would be. It'd be an extra day and I think like Saturday, Sunday, and then He's extra getting... day. I'm not sure what I would call it, but Skill um, day. Skill Kittil's day. day, I think, is a reference. What? On Kittil's day, I would uh, pick up a skill, like maybe playing the piano. Um, or learn to play tennis. I never learned to play tennis, and I think it's a really cool lifelong sport. Um, and soccer, a sport that I'm not very good at and I really appreciate. Piano, um, a sport, possibly a language. It'd be really fun to practice Spanish for a full day. So on this day, you know, maybe I could um, go to a place and practice Spanish. It'd be hard by myself because time has stopped. The other thought is that that would, you know, I think day of rest is something that is a religious concept but we don't really do anymore and Sundays are sort of like catch up on email day or frantically study day for a lot of us in medicine so maybe it'd be nice to actually take a day where you you truly do meditate or don't shave or you know depending on your faith you don't touch the light switch you know these are all different aspects of day of rest so I think it'd be really cool to take a full day and really devote it to that. And because it is a day that nobody else has, you actually can do it as opposed to everyone saying they want to do it and then feeling like they fall behind without doing it. So this has been long-winded and lonely, and this is my only friend. So um, this is Cole from The Road, uh, M4. And I hope to see you soon, Dave, and podcasters. That was so good. (laughs) (laughs) On the road again? Uh, Yeah, so... I'm down with that. Yeah, no, he's I got like the right it. idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, like, I, I hope he you, tries I, to do all of that stuff on one day. I don't think you need a, a <laughs> whole day to not shave, though. I'm pretty sure that's a passive thing. That I think he was referring. <laughs> I think he was. Re- I know the savage, yeah, referring yeah. to some sort of religious practice, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I cannot shave all week long. Right, I got exactly. no problem with that. It's pretty passive. <laughs> It's probably why I will never progress beyond administrative services oh, coordinator. Don't say that. <laughs> hey, you could go deep into programming. <laughs> without shaving. You're right. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> John, you look like you have something to say. Well, I'll never shave again. So right. That's. I mean, that's just fun. I'm a little jealous that of that. That's like a, off the list. That's like a religious practice for me. Jay, <laughs> Jay, Jay, if you don't, if you don't realize, uh, John has a condition, which is why he has no hair. No, I mean, I think it looks good on you. You did a very good Mr. Clean over <laughs> Right, right. You I were, agree. You nailed that. Uh, I, I have a list now of easy, bald person um, costumes. costumes. Yeah. So if, if any of you need it, um, that well, it's not a very long list, but Mr. Clean, there's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You get a gold earring and, <laughs> the white uh, eyebrows. and the white eyebrows. Yeah. And then he's got like a white T-shirt on. Ta-da! You, there you go. Um, <laughs> the other one was uh, I grab a wheelchair, put on a suit. 
Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm Professor X. Yes. yes. That's oh, a good one yeah, for good sure. One. That's and and that's that's um that's from the X-Men if you don't know that. Um but that's that's pretty much where I tapped out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Jean-Luc Picard had a little hair. Right? Well, that's true. No. He did. He I think you could pull it off though. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I think you could still pull it off. I don't believe you, Dave. I'm sorry. You don't believe <laughs> Let him know. <laughs> Draw him into Stop a confrontation. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Here's uh, here's Nick Spar. He also uh, sent something in. Hello, this is Nick. Uh, I am responding to the prompt. What would you do if you could stop time for everyone else except you, such that you got an extra day each week that no one could mess with? I think my initial reaction is is not so much uh, uh, pursuing things that. I can't do right now necessarily. It would be to spend that extra day not doing the things that I currently spend too much time doing. I think the irony of medical school is that you you spend a lot of time learning about the adverse effects of a sedentary lifestyle. Um, but in spending time and dedicating yourself to medicine, you're also sort of forced to live a sedentary lifestyle. I currently spend a lot of time uh, in front of a computer, more, far more time than, than I would prefer. So I think uh, that extra day in my ideal world w- I would be spent uh, exclusively outside or doing something active or doing something away, simply away from uh, the computer. If nobody else is, is able to mess with that day or if this is an extra day in my week, you know, it's an opportunity to pursue these things without feeling any guilt. And I think not just medical students, but every student can relate to the feeling that anytime you're indulging yourself that you're somehow detracting from uh, your studies. I think most people end up feeling uh, some sense of guilt, at least anyone driven to do well in school. So I think having that extra day is not would not just be uh, an opportunity for for pursuing things outside of academics, but also more importantly to do that without feeling guilty that I am detracting from time that I should spend studying. I feel like indulging yourself. I feel like that's a euphemism. <laughs> oh my God, you went there, didn't you? Well, yeah. I was just about to say I really like how I put that, and then Dave's comment. I ruined so, it. Yeah, Dave yeah. ruined it. I ruined it. Well. Uh, you can still like it. Do you guys feel? <laughs> do you guys feel guilty about uh, taking time for yourself? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, easily. I don't. It's but I'm hard not a now. med student, and yeah. I never the will. The thing do. is, if you didn't do things that you liked, then you wouldn't be you. Yeah. So it's kind of like a like a duality thing. I mean, everyone does take time for themselves. It's just how much. It's right? like you. I mean, you work to do non-work things, and you non-work so that you can do work things, right? gonna try real hard to parse that out well so if you if you were like if you only did work stuff then you oh could, yeah then yeah uh, you eventually couldn't right because you'd be super bummed about it <laughs> yes <laughs> totally not vibing dude. bummed divorced <laughs> you know basically but, miserable. It, but if you only did non-work stuff then you would also be divorced <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a and there's a bell curve here. You, you would also yeah. be bummed. You would be bummed. Yes. You would be bumming. You would be a bum. Uh, so thank you guys for uh, for writing in or for sending in your thoughts. If you want to, uh, as I said before, if you want to do the same, listeners, you're welcome to do that. I'll post these little questions that I have every week on our Facebook page, Shortcode Podcast. Um, I'll even put them on Twitter. Although, frankly. It's a cesspool. I now. hate Twitter. Do it. Actually, though. I I did delete Facebook from my phone and my iPad nice. this I week. Too. I did That's not close I did my account because unfortunately I use it for work. Uh, but I would have um, because I, it's getting it's yeah, got I'm it's gotten out of control. I agree. And you know, part of me is like. So part of me it, it feels bad about that because once again, I'm am I closing off my am i am i closing off that bubble am i getting into the into the uh in, into that bubble again by not being on facebook i don't know fuck that uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure that facebook is mostly the bubble i know i know but i have no other like i don't right. know right yeah i mean i'm not saying it's, it's the, plus i like f- like at least 20 times this week i've been like oh i want to say that and i'm like oh i'm not going to say that 
the the thing about Facebook is it you know it it's it's got that kind of double edged sword uh, notion to it, right? I mean, there are compelling reasons to be a part of it, um, but it also has what almost all of us can intu intuitively say are, are some really negative side effects. And there's also a lot of data that it has some negative side effects. And, and I'd love to see, you know, them to put a lot more effort towards um, taking that responsibility for the role that it's playing. I mean, it's basically helping to crush the media well, uh, as as we knew it, which was for better or worse, you know, something that had uh, an integrity, something that had uh, um, its own, you know, accountability. Yeah. And now, I mean, this last political cycle, facts don't matter. I yeah. mean, people people just post things, and then you know they're blatantly false. And then if you try to post anything that contradicts that, say Snopes. Then people are like, well, Snopes is garbage. It's just run by two people. Yeah. Like, uh, how am I supposed to answer to that? Have you seen? All it takes is a couple, these two people, just Googling stuff to demonstrate that this story was blatantly false. Have you seen the Snopes? There's a, they have a, a page that's just like, we get comments on, you know, that Snopes is biased. You know, we're liberal or we're too conservative. And this page of all the complaints I get from both sides and from anyone and everyone is just miles long. It's, it's amazing. And so, yeah, the, I mean, people will discount it that, or I don't know if PolitiFact is very good, but, or That's right, I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, but like, or fact check. I mean, yeah, you post these things and it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to matter. They are, um, m making some efforts, uh, as, as far as, as far as I can tell. One being that this week they, both Google and Facebook, I think are working towards, uh, the, the de-emphasis of at least, or the elimination of fake news, uh, on their in their research results and in, on Facebook so I, I you know that's encouraging I think that's a very slippery slope though you know well they and so so it needs to be a super transparent process yeah well I mean, I mean so censoring of things that could be kind of arbitrary at well this was they I mean one story I read this week said that they had this Facebook particularly had this ability uh -huh. and they chose not to um, put it into production because it disproportionately impacted conservative sites, which they were already in trouble for uh -huh. with the trending uh, mm. portion of the newsfeed that they had to eliminate last year because there was, so they were already working on this and they decided that they couldn't do it in the current climate. And now yeah. it's like, Oh, well, I guess we should do that. But if you, th if you think about that, like that, that's a really terrifying precedent. Really what that precedent is saying is that, if we say something loud enough and hard enough and long enough, it's true. And that is not true. That is inherently false. And so face, Facebook is now caving to the pressure, which happens to have one political slant to it, that to, to not enact something to stem that tide. Well, if you think about that, that is a terrifying precedent. Because basically now we're saying, well, if so, this party doesn't approve of the fact that we suppress their disproportionate but, lying. Well, but the question should be just suppression in general, and they happen to be the ones that are targeted more, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I think, can I just say something really quick? Yeah. I mean, there's the one thing that, I have a friend who works in advertising, and I thought this was a really good point, that Facebook and Google were... Are essentially they sell advertisers spots on their ranking and sure. all these things, but the the really the, the Facebook and Google were never designed to be news sources, primary news sources. So it's kind of skewed because they have algorithms in place that are looking at what you click more often, mm -hmm. and people click the things that they agree with. So it kind of puts you into a bubble based on their algorithms. Yeah. You know? I think what would be cool instead of instead of censoring those quote fake news sites what would be cool is if they just identified them mm -hmm. like so well, this is on our this this thing that that aunt mabel shared is on our list of sites that like flagging right that suck uh you may want to take this with a grain <laughs> no. of salt but that's kind of the same thing but they also they already also do that in a way because sometimes when people post stuff after your post you get a list of other articles about that and i would say 
seven out of 10 times, it's an article that says exactly the opposite of the thing that you just read. And the, the problem which is kind of which is kind of cool, but also the big problem with that is that, you know, people I, this is the same thing we just said. S Snopes is garbage because Snopes disagrees with me. Right. So the, the thing is, you can disprove them, but they don't care because they've already, you know, they've already sort of mem memorized their opinion and are looking at data to support it. You know, I was reading. And so you need if you, you need to take a responsibility to ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing and make a decision about how you're going to do it, because you can't you can't remain neutral in a certain sense in that. And, it, it, and this isn't just about, you know, conservative versus liberal or what or whatever. Uh, it's about knowledge. It's about uh, in some way truth, isn't it? I mean, it's it's almost like the entire country is a 13 year old who's doing their first term paper. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, you mean stuff in the internet? It's true. Could be wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're like... Wow. I, I mean, a lot that, of people think that we already realized this, but I think a lot of us are coming to realize that it's yeah, harder it, than we thought. Yeah, no, I know. But it's just, like, astonishing that that there's kind of this, like... Um, well, the, the problem is that, like, before... So, in an earlier internet era, we could you know, easily understand that, you know, Dylan posts something on his web page that is bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. And we could easily understand that that might be bullshit. A lot, you know, and that's where, you know, oh, I read on the internet, haha, it's probably true, right? That's where that sort of joke came <laughs> well, from. you know that meme? The problem people now... People actually do that? Yeah. People go on the internet and tell lies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's where that came from. The problem is, is that now you have organizations devoted to uh, posting, creating fake news, and they, you know, they might call it satire, they might call it, you know, different things, not fake news. But it's hard for somebody to distinguish because they look pro, they look like they've got some, you know, so they, they're, they're, you know, they got some thought behind them, all that kind of stuff. And also they buy into that whatever they're posting buys into or fits well with the image of the world that the people who click on it already have. So we've got, you know, sort of confirmation bias, all that kind of stuff. And they drive an emotional reaction. If yeah. you look at these types of stories, it's never like some sort of fact-based thing about some, you know, sort of data numbers, statistics thing. You know, it, it's very often some kernel of, Anger, fear, entitlement. Because that's what sells, you know, something. you know? I mean, and it's so, a business. And that's exactly, you know, it's, it goes back to what Mark said earlier about, you know, advertising, mm -hmm. sell, selling advertisement. I mean, what, what sells the best? Just turn on, you know, CNN. Mm -hmm. You're going to see, you know, some, somebody got shot, something exploded, some, you know, people are dying. They're, they're going to they're going to sensationalize it. And so now what we've done is we've just blown it all the way to the extreme. Yeah. Now it's all just, you know, some celebrity was drunk driving last night. And then the next article is, you know, I can't believe the, the liberals are doing this. I can't believe the conservatives are doing this, you know, and it's a lot of this just sort of whirlwind. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think if Google and Facebook like want to have made be major news sources they need to ad adapt to become um or at least develop more journalistic integrity the problem is i think they want to be major news sources but they don't want to admit to being major right news i sources. think you're completely that's the right. real problem right but there. they're kind of being faced with i it mean now, germany germany is basically saying hey facebook you are a basic you are a media company you got to start right well, acting like one looking... and they're like no we're not yeah you're right <laughs> Totally not a media company over here. Uh, there's an article in the Washington Post um, this week with an interview basically with a guy who makes fake news for a living, makes a lot of money making fake news. And he claims anyway that he originally started doing it as satire, uh, uh, basically satire against the, or about conservatism. And he now thinks that he accidentally 
and people like him accidentally got Trump elected um, because of things like his post where or his his article where um, a protester was getting paid thirty five hundred dollars to protest against Trump and the campaign manager posted that story as fact like the Trump campaign manager posted that story as fact and uh, you know he basically said I made that up I posted a fake ad on Craigslist um, I think that's given him a bit too much credit I think probably but yeah you know I, I thought it was so funny when like North Korea thought that the onions articles were real. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was so funny. And now that the like Glava <laughs> Yeah, that shoe's on the other foot there, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Well the hand. The hands on the other shoe. Yeah. I was gonna say the hands on the foot's yeah. on the, the face is on the other face. Foot <laughs> my, my foot is my foot is on your face. Uh, so but I mean, there, there. The problem is, how do you notice that? How do you notice when, when it's the fourth man down the line telling you the story? You know, this is like the game that we all played in in uh, elementary school. It's like telephone, right? Mm. We don't know what the original message was, and then there's no accountability. Mm -hmm. We'll see if Facebook and Google can uh, can uh, make any sort of changes that that don't uh, make people angry and 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 give them the things that they need to understand their world, right? I think they should stick to faces. That's right. clearly I mean, their strength. I mean, it's, <laughs> back it's, it's, it's back in their basics. name. It's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have time for this week. Thank you for making us a part of your Thanksgiving week. And if you like what you heard today, consider sharing us with your friends mm -hmm. and uh, send us a suggestion on what we might discuss. Next time at the shortcoat, the shortcoats at gmail.com or at 347shortct, a review on iTunes wouldn't be remiss. Mm -hmm. Positive one. <laughs> We'd love that. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and the Writing Him in the Manities program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Argo Fox, whose name I've been mispronouncing for more than a year. <laughs> what have you been calling it? Agro Fox. Oh. Talk to you in one week. Don't keep saying the wrong thing over and over. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>